0: Welcome to the Endless Wealth Podcast. I'm a mama of two little ones, owner of a multi seven-figure real estate portfolio, and I'm your host, Sarah Miskelly. My mission is to show ambitious, high-performing women in business, how they can stop chasing money at work and start making passive cash flow and build wealth from real estate investing. Just be ready, because with the right ideas and advice, me and my phenomenal guests will share in each episode, you will see things differently than you ever thought possible. All right, let's get into this week's episode. All right. I am so excited today because we are talking to Rachel. So Rachel is in my group with me Think Multifamily. So we are both multifamily investors, women. I know that you have a little one. I have two little ones. You're also a realtor, uh, which is fantastic. And Rachel is the co-founder of Good Good Investing and is a nationally recognized real estate investment expert on a mission to educate busy professionals to multiply their money and unlock their financial legacy. She has amassed a real estate portfolio totaling over 130 million in assets under management. As a speaker and podcast guest, she has been published in Authority Magazine, Yahoo Finance, Market Insider, Market Watch, and seen as a recurring guest on national TV, including America Trends. So, Rachel, I'm so happy to have you here today. This is very impressive, I must say. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine, Sarah
0: yeah and like i was saying you know rachel um, has a little one and it's just so nice to connect with other women in this space uh because i find when i don't know if, if you notice this Rachel, when i go to conferences it's like a lot of old white men <laughs> and then there's like this beautiful like model woman because rachel like is pretty much i think you actually are a model correct like you're yes, professionally, yeah, yeah. yeah. So gorgeous and very intelligent. And it's just really nice to meet more people like that in the space. Cause I think that that's, people don't know that that is available in commercial real estate or those kind of people are there. So I think it really helps to make those connections and introductions. Um, so, you know, we'll just kind of chat today a little bit more about your experience. So I'd love to know like what got you started in passive real estate investing and then also being on the uh, GP side of things.
1: Yeah. Good question. I'll try to keep it brief, but, um, so I grew up in Dallas, Texas. It's where I live now. And I was homeschooled until high school. Um, and I'm not sure what the equivalent of high school is in Canada, but I'm, I don't know if it's similar, but like, you know, till 14 years old, I was homeschooled. Um, and you know, my parents are full-time real estate investors. They have been for like 35 years. So growing up, I was inside their flip properties. I was inside their rentals. Like so scraping up title, putting up black backsplash, like you name it. I was doing it. I was calling sellers. I was just doing crazy stuff at like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. So, and I'm really grateful for that exposure and experience because I truly wouldn't be where I am today without it. Now, fast forward and I'm like 14, 15, I end up getting into modeling. And that was just local here in Dallas. And Dallas has like Neiman Marcus, JCPenney, like there's a few companies here. And so I was working for them. Um, and I thought it'd just be like a high school summer thing, make some, you know, a little bit of income here and there. And so I went to Arkansas for school, for college. And I was only there for a semester. And then I got a call from an agency in Paris and they were like, Hey, Rachel, we actually want you to come here for a year and model. And I was like, well, Arkansas, Paris, Arkansas, Paris. It was a <laughs> really, really hard decision. So I dropped out of school, went to Paris. And the idea was just to spend a gap year in Paris and then come back. And um, that did not happen. I actually never grad- graduated college, which is fine. But I spent a year in Paris. Then I went to two years in LA, still modeling, started dabbling in acting in LA. And then... Got a contract to go to London for a year. I was there till my visa ran out. And then I moved to New York for five years, which is actually where I met my husband. And I was doing high fashion runway modeling the whole time. And you know, around age 18, 19, 20, I started having disposable income, which usually kids that age don't have. And my mom, being the real estate entrepreneur that she is, was like, Rachel, you have to invest in real estate. And I was like, you're right, I should. So I started buying my own properties. I was doing my own flips, rentals, Airbnbs, you name it. And then about 10 years ago, so 2014, I was 21. And my mom found out about uh, multifamily investing and passive commercial real estate investing. And she was like, Rachel, this is it because I was traveling the world, still trying to manage these real estate properties. And so I ended up just liquidating everything, investing into passive multifamily and it totally changed my life. It was just it fantastic. So when COVID happened in 2020, um you know my husband and I were working in the entertainment industry still and it totally dried up but we had this cushion right of real estate and that was a huge huge wash of relief so we did decide to leave LA in 2020 because I mean it was and we had moved from New York back to LA in 2019 so in 2020 we left LA moved back to Dallas and we were like, what do we wanna do now that we're back in Dallas and real estate just made sense. So that's kinda of when we jumped into the GP side of things just cause we cannot get enough. It is our full-time, real estate's our full-time gig. We don't do anything else. And it has just been absolutely life-changing for our family.
0: Wow. <laughs> I I love this story because there's a lot of similarities. Like I grew up with helping my dad manage investment properties. Like I had to like clean units, like mow the lawn, bring checks to the bank. Like it was very similar. It's like that hands-on thing that kind of really gets into you, I think, from a young age. And it's such a benefit, right? Because I don't think there's a lot of a models at that age, but that knew what to do with their money. It, it reminds me, it's maybe not the same, but you know, when you hear about athletes who like make a bunch of money and like, they don't know what to do with it. I'm sure when you're that age, if you didn't have like your mom and that background to really show you the path, like it, it was such a benefit to get into it and and grow it to such a large scale. So that is super awesome. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like it's And I think it's so great when to see kids do it too, which I'm sure in the future, you already think I always think about my kids. I'm like, they're going to, they're going to be in real estate at some, at some level, (laughs) some capacity. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and for you right now, so you were doing, you know, active stuff. And then what, like, I know it was the kind of traveling component where you didn't, you know, weren't necessarily able to always be doing so much active real estate, but getting into the passive world, I think people are just like, what is that? Like, I think passive is thrown around a lot. (laughs) Like you're going to have passive income, passive money, but what is it really like from somebody who went from active and and made the decision to go passive? What was that big benefit aside from just, you know, being able to keep traveling and do it? What else was there for you?
1: Oh, my gosh, so many things. And first, I'll start off by defining passive income, because I think a lot of people get it confused with residual income. And it's very different. People think Airbnbs are passive income and they're not. People think being a landlord is passive income and it's not. Like it's income, yeah, but it's not passive because you still are playing an active role in that investment in some capacity. You know, even if you have a property management company, it's still not passive because you still, that property management company is still reaching out to you on a quarterly basis or whatever. So I think it's really important. You're right. It gets thrown out a lot and it gets watered down a lot. And I think true passive income is syndication. And that was why I was so attracted to it because I literally don't do anything on the passive side, except the most work I do is fill out the subscription documents and send a wire. That is it. Like that is literally it. And I love it. Not even like you said, because you know you get to travel the world, not have to worry about your asset and after a hailstorm or filing insurance claims, like nothing. But also just from the management perspective, I can invest in s- such a wider variety of asset classes that I know nothing about. Like a vineyard, for instance, you know? Like, I don't know anything about operating a vineyard, but I can invest in one passively because someone else is managing it. I'm trusting someone else with my money. So it's not even just the time, but it's also like the knowledge. Like I can invest in things outside of my realm of knowledge because I'm trusting a group of people to you know, run that business efficiently. So that's also super exciting.
0: Yeah, it's, I like the knowledge piece because it was actually Janet LePage. She is like a big, like Western wealth capital, big, big woman in the industry. And she said, you're either going to become an expert in something, or you're going to want to invest with an expert, right? And I find that that's really the benefit of getting into the syndication space is there are people who do this like full time, (laughs) like you're kind of doing now in the GP side, and that's their bread and butter. Like they're so committed to it um, and they're investing as well. And they're bringing on investment partners. So there's a lot of trust, obviously, but as well, at least, you know, that these people like take it, take it seriously, right? Um, Which is something I really, really noticed and love about the space and what got me excited about it is just how committed people are to you know making this like their big thing and their big why Um, and you know
1: it's it's a trifecta so there's three different points of the triangle and there's experience there's time and then there's money and you need all three in order to do a property truly on your own without a syndicate if you're missing one of those you can't do it if you have the time and you have the money but you don't have the expertise you can't do it if you have the expertise and you have the time but not the money you can't do it and so that's what i think is so cool is you can literally invest in anything, even if you don't have any, thre- well, I guess you need the money to invest. But when I talk about money, you know, a lot of these buildings are $25 million. Like no one has that kind of money. Not the people I know at least. So it is really cool because your, you know, relatively small amount of money can go a lot further, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And still, like it's still a lot of the down payments for the passive deals are less than like a down payment in like a major city. Like yeah. I'm sure you weren't. We're now here in LA trying to buy, you know, <laughs> buy a multiplex because oh. it's crazy. Like the prices. I'm in. I'm in Toronto, Canada, to uh, part time, and it's insane. Like a, a one bedroom condo is like eight hundred thousand dollars. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Just so it's absolutely not gonna work. insane. Yeah.
1: And in, a, in an investment property, you're going to have to put 20% down at
0: least. So exactly. yeah, you're Right. It's a couple hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then for you, Rachel, like, what would you say is like the number one thing that's really contributed to your success? Cause you've done a lot at a young age.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, not to sound trite, but I think like the the biggest thing is my 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 parents. I grew up in this business, so there wasn't that whole education gap that I think a lot of people have to go through. And you know, kind of like you were talking about at the beginning as well. Like there are a lot of crusty people in this business that are just old, and because it's it's that generational wealth type thing, you know and my huge mission with good, good investing is breaking that education gap, making it accessible to anyone, making it available. Like it's not an exclusive club. Anyone can invest in real commercial real estate in the syndicate, you know, you don't have to be a billionaire or even a hundred thousand thousandaire to do it. And, yeah. it's, and it's not even just breaking the education gap, but also like for some people, the minimums are high. Like $50,000 is a lot of money. Like, I don't care who you are. It is a lot of money. And we've partnered with um, organizations like TribeVest to help people reach those minimums, you know? So now people can invest in syndications with five grand, 10 grand. Like that's my goal is just to like totally educate, break down those barriers of entry for people. And so I think, you know, I was lucky to be raised in a family of real estate entrepreneurs, but now my goal is to make what I knew and what I learned available
0: to the masses, definitely. Yes, I love it. And I think it's like having that mission is why you, you're you so passionate about it, right? Like you genuinely care. <laughs> How about putting that yeah. and making kind of your investment with good, good, creating that um, like that, that integrity and that value system with your company? So, you know, tell me a little bit more, because I know you've kind of gone in other directions. Like there's there's a joke in our industry that like multifamily is the gateway drug <laughs> to like other syndications, like you mentioned, vineyards. But what are you like super hyped on right now? What are the syndication projects that are getting you excited?
1: Uh, triple net is my new drug of choice. Triple net is my new drug of choice. And I absolutely love it. Like my husband and I are like wanting to like, even just like buy our own outright, like not even syndicate them. And I mean, we're just loving it. So essentially like what a triple net lease is, is it's most retail centers have triple net lease tenants. So you think about like an auto zone or a dollar general or, you know, places like that, they're all on triple net lease. And the triple net lease means it's basically a lease with a tenant. And the triple is that the tenant pays for all of the property taxes, all of the property insurance, and they pay for all maintenance on the property. So as the building owner, we have zero expenses. I mean, zero, none. And Generally, these leases, if you sign a lease with like a reputable, usually the businesses are existing, they're already there. And if it's like a Dollar General or an AutoZone or an LA Fitness or whatever, then they are corporately backed by their rent is corporately backed. Which means if if Dollar General in Waxahachie, Texas can't meet enough income to pay their rent, Dollar General corporate comes in and guarantees that rent payment. So for investors, it's like a blue chip stock. I mean, the risk is so low because these are corporately backed, huge corporations, you know, and what's really cool is when you negotiate these leases, you can negotiate in rent bumps every five years. So not only are we paying no expenses on the asset that we own outright, uh, we're also negotiating rent increases, which will guarantee a property value increase because in commercial real estate, property value is based on your income, right? Right. But then also, there's the appreciation of the asset, the appreciation of the land that we get a cash in on eventually, and these these things pay monthly right now in multifamily. You're seeing a lot; not many projects are paying right now. Distributions are not being doesn't mean that it's changing your return, but distributions aren't being paid. And with this, it is like clockwork monthly all through COVID. All of our we are, we've been passively invested in this for years all through COVID. All of them paid. We got like a an ACH to our bank account every month. Boom, 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 boom. It is like insane so right now we're working on our first syndication where we are the general partners opening up this opportunity to our investors and it is so exciting
0: Oh my gosh. I'm like, tell me. I'm like, how do I invest? <laughs> no, that sounds awesome. Like, I think that that's where you just be. And I think a lot of people have noticed it in this sector too. It's like, we all kind of love, we have this like heart and passion for multifamily because we know there's like, at the end of the day, it has this stability and long-term growth and people always need housing. Like we still love it, but it's things like this where there's opportunities to be had to maybe like increase cash flow, um and like diversify even within real estate. I think that's a big thing is like, once you're in it, how can you start getting a piece of more pies right and just keep your income flowing in while you're building your wealth long term so that that is amazing and for you right now aside from obviously like the cash flow and things like that with these triple net leases like why would the companies not just own the property like that's my curiosity why wouldn't they just own the building on their own like why do they come to other people to own it if it's like they're paying for everything essentially
1: Yeah. And that's a really good question. Um, I mean, it just depends. A lot of them, it just comes down to finances. They have to show enough um, income on their bank statements in order to qualify for a $10 million purchase. And then they have to deal with the sale at the end. And that could be difficult because they don't necessarily have a team set up to broker those types of sales. So for them, it's easier just to move in. They know exactly what they're going to pay every month and rent at every single rent bump, blah, blah, blah. Most of these people sign 20 or 20 ish year leases. Um, yeah. It's just with franchises and corporations, it's never made sense for them to own their buildings outright. It's actually very rare. Most of the time they
0: don't. Yeah, it's just not their house, right? It's like stick with what you know, yeah. <laughs> whether that's yeah, like being a exactly. dollar store. It's like stick with what you know because that's the business that works and you don't want – I think it's like banks. They don't actually want your assets like they don't want them, right? Because what are they going to do with them if they're going to go yeah. sell them? Like they're not a realtor <laughs> to go out and do that. Um, and then a um, question for like you in multifamily. So what is kind of like the worst kind of project or any kind of like challenges you had and how have you overcome it? Cause you know, there's always ups and downs in this sector, but I think it's good for people to kind of see, you know, that the GP side, like how much work is actually getting done to protect investors capital or like what is happening with deals. So do you have any like stories about any deals and uh, I'd love to hear them.
1: <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's so many I'm trying to choose um student housing for me has always been hit or miss there's some investors that swear by it but for me it was not a good investment because it's a very cyclical type of asset so from the gp side i'm definitely not looking at college towns i'm definitely not like focusing on a place where the biggest attraction is the university like waco or something like that which is where baylor university is and not much else So that's controversial. Some investors love it, not for me. Um, And then other things on the GP side, I think this past year we learned more than anything like the importance of a rate cap on your uh, bridge loans. So bridge loans are temporary short-term loans that typically have an adjustable rate. And a lot of syndicators were put in chokeholds this past year with their, their insurance rates going through the roof. Which meant that their their mortgage you know lien was super expensive every month so i think just preparing for the worst and has been and it kills a lot of deals let me tell you like when you're underwriting and you are like oh i really want to be conservative but then we can't do the deal just do it like uh, the, the best deals you do are the ones you don't sometimes and i think that's really important is just to remain conservative i think right now there's like very few multifamily deals out there and so some syndicators are just wanting to make deals work just to have a deal to present and it's just scary so yeah i think just moving forward as a gp or as an lp if you're listening to this like just be really conservative look at the underwriting you need to be educated at least a little bit in order to make informed decisions on your investments And i would definitely look at the underwriting and make sure that the that the sponsors are being extra conservative
0: yeah, I think that's really, really good advice because I think everybody was just, nobody really knew what was going to happen in the last year and a half. Like it was crazy. Even people who are very experienced in the industry were like shocked because the Fed just increased those rates so fast. I think it was the fastest time in history and people were just left like, well, look, crap. <laughs> Basically, it wasn't even that people were doing things wrong necessarily, but it was just When things are good, everybody's happy and things get a little bit loosey-goosey. But what I do like is I find now, you know, the deals that because it is slower, at least if there's people that you know that you trust that you're working with, you know that a lot has gone into getting that deal, right? Um, And a a lot more process, a lot more due diligence, like you said, much more conservative underwriting. So I think anytime there's something bad that happens, it always ends up being good long-term. But I think if people are coming in now... They can have some level of confidence, you know, if they're working with the right people that there's been a lot that went into getting that specific deal because there's, there just aren't a lot right now. So it is a, it is an interesting dynamic out there, but I mean, it sounds like there's always times to make money (laughs) with triple net leases and, you know, multifamily Um, long-term. And, and for you right now, I think like, because you grew up in real estate, I grew up in real estate, but you know, for somebody who's just like new and they didn't even maybe know about a syndication because I mean a lot of people they they don't they don't know that what this is that it exists. If people were to find out about this, what would be that like first piece of advice for them if they were interested in getting in but they were just like confronted by the whole thing and weren't sure where to start?
1: They're just like totally overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, they're like, Whoa. Um, yeah. My first piece of advice, um, I think like oh gosh I think just do it um I know there's a few investors that we've had come through that want to look at everything and analyze everything and I appreciate that but they never end up investing and I'm talking like one two years later and I think at the end of the day make make a decision you're comfortable with ask all the questions actually not to plug but there's an episode on our podcast good good investing where it's called questions you should ask a deal sponsor I think a lot of people don't know what to ask Because they just have never been exposed to this type of asset. They're like, I want to be informed, but I don't even know what would make me informed. So I think make sure you know the questions to ask a deal sponsor, ask those questions. And then once you're comfortable, like just do it, you know, because the you in five years will thank you for the decisions that you make today. Because the best time to invest was 10 years ago, but the second best time is right now. And I just want people to walk away with that like you just have to take the leap and just and just do it.
0: Yeah, I love that because I completely agree. I'm like a big I think I'm a risk taker as well. And I think what you said and by the way, her podcast is amazing. So definitely check out the good, good investment. It's good, good investing. That That's the name of your podcast, right? Because I've listened to it a bunch of times. But I just want to make yeah. sure so people know exactly what it is. Good, good investing. Yeah. Um, but that is, it's asking the right questions because you don't know what you don't know, right? And I think that's what stops people a lot of the times. But it's knowing that there's people like you and me who actually, like, we want to have these conversations. We want to educate people. We want them to feel comfortable and confident getting into this space. So it's there are people that can help if you're willing to, at the end of the day, like, actually take the action. Because we, we can't actually do that for anybody either, right? Um, yeah, and, exactly. And for, Yeah. It's, it's just a big thing. It's a mindset. I think it's a mindset thing a lot of the time. Um, and then for you right now, aside from like, you know, your triple net leases, which sound awesome. Like, what are you super excited about now just in real estate investing? And I guess like life in general,
1: I am really excited about the threat of a recession because most people most very intelligent investors make their money in a recession. And mm-hmm. I think Warren Buffett has a quote that's so overquoted, but I just love it. He was like, you know, be greedy when others are hesitant and be hesitant when others are greedy. And I think right now we just need to be greedy. Like there are still assets that are performing like these triple net leases we're doing. We're buying them all cash. So we're not having to worry about the stupid banks and their interest rates and any of that. So there are still deals out there that are gonna like freaking knock it out of the water. I say, that's really what's exciting me in real estate. And if you have been anxious about investing in a what's threatening to be a down economy, focus on basic human needs, focus on assets that address those, you know, so multifamily would be one interest rates are scary, but just make sure that your sponsors doing their due diligence to mitigate those risks. Um, and then, you know, in the triple net that we're doing, we are in our tenant is an early education center, right? So there, there are these people, there's these kids that are going to be in this daycare program because their parents work and that's Again, addresses a basic human need. It's not a luxury to have childcare. it's It's a basic human need for a lot of people that are in working homes, you know, where both spouses have to work. They don't have an option. So just that sort of stuff. just be really diligent about that. but I'm actually really excited for the next 18 months. I think it's gonna be fantastic for the real estate industry, I really do.
0: Yep, I'm pretty excited myself. <laughs> Not gonna <laughs> Good. lie. Good. <laughs> um, and for you, Rachel, like how if somebody was interested in getting into the triple net lease investing, like ooh, how do they get in contact to you? How does the process work? Like, is it similar to multifamily? Like what what does it look like? Very simply explained.
1: You've ever done a multifamily deal, it is the exact same thing. It is so simple. Um, so how it would look is it's up, they would just email us goodgoodinvesting at gmail.com. So it's good, good investing at gmail. And just say, hey, interested in the triple net deal. And um, if it's still available when this releases, I'm not, I'm not sure it will be. But you can feel free to reach out and just let us know you want to be you know, in, in, uh, on our list for any of our future deals. But um, super simple, the most work that you'll do is go onto our portal, which is like a one-stop shop for our investors. And you will just fill out the subscription documents. We have a cute little video where we go through how to do that because sometimes it can be confusing seeing one for the first time. And it's like a click and play. It's like, don't have to print anything. It's just like a docu sign. And then you, we send you the wire instructions, you wire in the funds. We say, hey, we received the wire, congratulations. You will hear from us once a month and you can reach out anytime. Uh, but aside from that, sit back, relax, and enjoy the passive income. It's just super, super simple. So
0: that's it pretty painless. I, I love it. Cause you know, it's funny. Like it's actually that easy. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> I'm like, it's like, it's, it's really that easy. And that's why when I, when I got into the multifamily space, it was like, I was so hyped because things like this triple net multifamily, like, all these deals, they exist, but people don't know, like, unless you start meeting people like you or me or other people that are in the industry. It's it's like a foreign idea. But when you get in, you realize, wow, people are actually making good lucrative returns in a very simplistic way and like really building their wealth while still focusing on their job or whatever they care about. So thank you so much for sharing about Triple Nets. I think this is really valuable for people to learn about something new. Um, And Rachel, how can people get in touch with you once again if they wanted to reach out? I know you mentioned your email, but is there anywhere else that you follow, your podcast, online? Yeah, definitely check out our podcast on all major platforms on the
1: Android or the Apple stores, Spotify, YouTube. I mean, we just search Good Good Investing. Good Good is one word. So it's Good Good Space Investing on all these different platforms. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at goodgood.investing. We post lots of educational type stuff. Of course, you can reach us, reach out to us by email. We also have a freebie on our website. We have a three-in-one net worth assessment tool, which is kind of cool because you know you can plug and play actually might be richer than you think. You could actually find investable capital in areas you did not know you could invest. So that's also, we encourage people to go and check that out. It's totally
0: free on our website, but yeah, that's it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel. I know it was like really, really valuable for people today. So it's <laughs> so good chatting with you. Thank you, Sarah, for the opportunity. It was so fun. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for tuning into the Endless Wealth Podcast. If you got value from this week's episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It truly means so much to me to be able to get this information out to more hardworking women like you. Are you a mom in business that wants to learn about alternative investments like self-storage, oil and gas, ATMs, and their huge benefits? Then you'll definitely want to attend the Mom's Alternative Investing Summit on September 21 and 22. It's completely free, so bring a friend, virtual as well. Go to momsinvestsummit.com to register. The expert guests will blow your algorithm on what's possible in investing. I am so excited to have you.